Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. All right, so let's get into today's episode. So today I'm going to be talking about the topic of food anxiety, the fear of not having enough, whether you're out to eat with people and you feel like you're not going to get enough, or you're having hosting a party, or you're going to a party and you're fearful there won't be enough food or drinks. And I'm curious if anyone else is as neurotic as I am, uh, or if this is just certain people. So we'll we'll dive into that in just a second. Uh, First, a little personal health update. So this week, I'm feeling very uh, bloated, very, I, you know, I, I take the birth control pill, and it basically takes away my period. It's amazing. Um... I mean, I'm probably pre-menopause anyway, but this low, low estrogen pill that I take, I've been taking it forever, and I just like the way that it kind of balances out my moods, and I basically just don't have a period. So I don't have all of those typical, I mean, I definitely get a little bit of PMS, but but if I'm not taking the pill, my PMS is like out of control. I get very depressed. I get extremely emotional. I mean, I'll cry at everything. And I, I definitely still get some PMS symptoms. I mean, I, I, I do get more emotional, but the pill just kind of helps even me out. But this week I was, I just had this, these shooting pains. And I mean, it's funny. I've had heard other women talk about this, how even though they know their period's coming, they still somehow don't equate all of the symptoms to their period. And especially me, now that I don't really have it that often, I was definitely feeling like just heavy and bloated and out of sorts and, you know, eating just like out of control and all of that. I think that was like my off balance PMS week. And then this week I actually did get my period, which again is very rare for me. Um, but I, I did have those shooting, shooting cramps, those, that really just jarring pain that like stops you in your tracks. And God, it just gave me an appreciation of, of what women go through, you know, especially women that don't have good control over their period. I mean, I used to work with a woman that would literally have like hemorrhages and she finally had to have, it was, it was called endometriosis and it was really serious. I mean, she finally had to have a surgery because she would just be, I mean, it was, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not, not a fun topic to talk about, but, um, she, she really struggled. So anyway, um, this week will pass. The good thing is that last week I had done that meal prepping of that really delicious um, Thai crunch salad. And I made so much of it that I was, I mean, I ate it like three times a day for the entire week and still had so much left over. So I ended up juicing the rest of those vegetables and I had bought the ingredients for this farro, um, this farro salad. And luckily I didn't have to go grocery shopping this week because that Thai crunch salad lasted so long that um, I had a bag of broccoli I hadn't opened yet for this farro salad, and I had um, I thought ahead and did put the parsley into this airtight um, sealed container, so the parsley was still good. So that's always nice when you don't have to make a trip to the grocery store. Um, I mean, my my 
cupboards are barren right now, but that farro salad, you know, got me through. So, so that was nice. So I, I had a pretty, um, balanced week as far as nutrition. And I mean, I did have, um, like a protein bagel with lots of butter every night. Um, but there's that 80, 20 kind of rule that I, I follow because I had my healthy protein shake, got back into my routine with that had my farro salad, and then ended the day with something really delicious that satisfied me. So that worked for me. So anyway, so let's get into this food anxiety topic. And I, I'm obsessed with this topic. I've heard it come up a bunch of times on the Taylor Strecker show, and specifically through Andrea Laventhal. So Andrea Laventhal is, if you don't follow her, she's at Andy Labs on Instagram. She's hilarious. She's the editor of People, uh, People Magazine. So she's, you know, she's up there in the corporate world. She is bougie AF and has great style. She has two kids. So, you know, the kid content I don't relate to, but if, if anybody in this audience loves kid content, you'll love Andrea. So uh, go follow her. But she's a regular co-host on the Taylor Strecker Show, which is one of the podcasts that I review quite frequently. And this was a this was one of the podcasts that she had done, that Taylor had done um, a few weeks ago. It was, I think, uh, early June. And uh, Andrea was talking about how she... So Andrea is... She's married to this very wealthy husband. Um, he's self-made, but he's a hedge fund guy. So, I mean, they're definitely, it's so funny because Andrea talks about like the really wealthy people all the time. Meanwhile, they live, they live in like a mansion in Greenwich. So they're very wealthy themselves. Um, but you know, she's, she's like snarky and she's, you know, she's always talking about how thin other women are and, and gorgeous and rich. And meanwhile, she's all of those things. She's just like, she likes to compare herself to other women apparently. Um, but she does it through humor and it's, it's, it's very entertaining. She's Andrea is definitely one of my favorite co-hosts on the Taylor Strucker show. Um, but anyway, so, so she brought up this topic and I wrote it down because I'm like, I want to discuss this. And I've actually DM'd Andrea hoping that she would specifically discuss this topic with Taylor because Taylor also feels this way. And um, so we'll get into the details of their conversation. But um, so Andrea started out talking about this group text she had received. And so she's she's newly moved to this Greenwich. She had moved out of Manhattan. You know, a lot of people moved out of these big cities over COVID. So her and her husband and her two little kids moved out to the Burbs out in Connecticut. And, you know, it was a big move for them because they've been, you know, it took, took a lot for them to move out of the, the city. And, um, I think she was a little bit afraid of like how she would adjust to like the suburban mom kind of life. And it seems like she's doing really well with it. I mean, she's in Greenwich, Connecticut. So it's, it's very, very well wealthy uh, people, a lot of Jewish people. She's actually Jewish herself. So um, I think she's finding that she's, you know, she's fitting in quite well. Um, and, um, and so she talked about, and, and they're part of this country club. So they go to this country club, this bougie country club. And so it's, you know, everybody's friends at the country club and, um, you know, and, and, if you're part of the country club, you're like part of the crew. So she had re she received her and Justin, her husband, I think it's Justin. Anyway, um, they received this group text 
from this woman. She didn't know who had sent it. And this group text said something like, Hey guys, um, me and Sam are having, or Sam and I are having, um, some people over for a casual dinner, barbecue. He's smoking some pork butt. Uh, so feel free to head over. Uh, we're heading over from the pool. We're at the club now. We're going to head over around five. So feel free to come over. So Andrea's like, she gets this text and she's like, should we go to this barbecue? She's like, I don't even know who this woman is sending. She's like, but we must know her because she's including us. And so, you know, all these people are responding. Some are going, some aren't. Andrea recognizes a couple of people on the chain. And so she texts one of her friends who's on the chain and she's like, who sent this? Are you going? And she's like, oh, that's Susie from the club. You know her, you met her, blah, blah, blah. She's like, does she know that I'm invited? Like she even knows she texted me because I don't want to show up to someone's home that doesn't know me. And, but I, but I, I kind of would like to go and, and, and meet them, make more friends. And so her friend's like, oh yeah, just head over. She'll, she'll know you. And so, so Andrea goes and picks up a bottle of rosé, picks up these, uh, decorative sugar cookies. It was, you know, around more Memorial Day. So she got this, as she describes it, this like, you know, American motif, these very fancy sugar cookies. She got 10. And, um, and so, so they go to this person's house. Now they go at like maybe close to an hour after the woman said people were heading over. And, and, you know, they've never been to this place before. And so they're, they're driving around these big mansions and they're trying to figure out which one it is. And they're kind of having trouble figuring it out. And they're like, well, we're just going to like walk up to someone's door and like knock on it. And they don't know who we are and we don't know who they are. And so neither of us knows that it's like we're at the wrong house. So as she's telling this story, like I'm getting anxiety because I get anxiety over all these like appropriate social norm things anyway, just like Andrea does. That's why I'm so entertained by her. So, so they finally dare to like go up to this door and she's with her kids too. And so they knock on the door and this guy answers who she, uh, who she feels is probably Sam. And, you know, she's like, Hey, he's like, Hey, and and they're like, Hey, and they're like, come on in. And so it's just one man. And she's like, and there's like six kids running around. And she's like, but I see no, no other people. She's like, there's no food out. There's no chips. She's like, I see one little container of like six burgers, but she's like, no one's here. She's like, I don't see any women. I don't see any. She's like, what's going on? She's like, I don't understand. I thought this was a barbecue. And she's like, is this going to turn out to be some like curb your enthusiasm situation where we're just hi, hi, but we end up being at the wrong home and no one's like, everyone's trying to be polite. So no one actually brings up the fact that they don't know who these strangers are that are sitting in their living room. Um, so anyway, so, so Andrea is just kind of like, where's all the food? And so she's just like, you know, she's texting her friend. She's like, are you coming? She's like, where is everyone? You know, and she'd gone an hour after. And so to show up and like, no one's there. I mean, this was, this, this would also be my worst nightmare. Um, cause I like to go think places fashionably late. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I typically run anywhere from five to 10 minutes late anyway, but I definitely know not to show up at a party like right on time. Um, but she's like, so where's Susie? And her husband, and the husband's like, Oh yeah, she should be home soon. But um 
but yeah, so she, so, so Susie, who she thinks is probably this woman, Susan walks in, you know, she's in her pool cover up and she's like, uh, hi, Su- Susie, I'm Andrea. You know, it's, it's a little bit awkward, but Susie's like, oh, hey, thanks for coming over. And so Andrea just like can't stop herself. She's like, so do you know who I am? Do you know that you invited me here? And, and Susie's like, oh, yeah, you know, we met like at the club. Oh, yeah, I know you. And, you know, it just sounds like a lovely couple that's, you know, has like, you know, open home and likes to entertain and have people over. And it's just very casual and um you know she sounds lovely so um so anyway so she asks um so then she starts watching Susie put together this you know salad and she's like it's a it's a lovely salad she goes but it's probably for like six people she's like it's got cheese it's got nuts it's got some fruit in it she's like it's it's a beautiful salad she's like but it's for like six people. And then she sees her cut up this small watermelon and put it in a bowl. And she's like, so how many people do you think are coming? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And so then she finally starts counting. She's like, I think there's going to be like 18 children and probably like 12 adults. And so Andrea, again, she's freaking out in her head because she's like, there's not enough food. She's like, there's no chips. How, how can there be a party without chips? And so she's like, Justin, just, you know, her husband, she's like, should I go to the grocery store and get some chips? She's like, there's just not enough food. And, and I'm this way too. So I, like before my Memorial Day party that I had recently, the barbecue, I mean, we're trying to anticipate how many people are coming. We thought, okay, it could be 20, it could be 30. We really had no idea. And we're trying to get RSVPs, but, you know, I went to the specialty meat shop. I'm like, okay, let me get some, some hot dogs. And then, and then how many burgers do you think we'll need? And so I got all these burgers and, you know, my boyfriend's like, we should get enough for 30 people. I'm like, okay. And then, and then I, I was like, oh, we have some vegetarians coming. I got to get some veggie burgers. And then, and then literally like, and then I had a pasta salad. I had all, I had like, you know, six different types of chips. I put together a charcuterie board. I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to do corn with like the Mexican street corn with the, you know, the cilantro and the, the cheese and all this stuff. And, um, and I think that was where I stopped because in the past, and you'd think I, I mean, I've learned a little bit, right? Like I did learn that if I'm having a party, don't make it too labor intensive, like make things that can just be put out that people can pick on. And so my, my first thought was like, oh, maybe I should just make some wraps the night before. That way I can just set them out and, and we're done with it. Nobody has to cook. Um, but I decided, but my boyfriend said he was going to barbecue and he, he said that he has a friend that's like the grill master. So I'm like, okay, so we'll put the grill master to work. You're doing the sliders and I'll have the pasta salad made. And all I have to do is boil this corn and throw this cheese and cilantro on it and, you know, maybe a little butter and, and mix it all up. And I'd like already made the pre, the, the butter, this garlic butter. And so I felt very prepared because, you know, back when I, you know, when I was first married, I loved to entertain. And I feel like I had a lot of success with those dinner parties, like way, way, way early. And I definitely cooked a lot more. I think I simplified it then. I think I just didn't get really fancy with ingredients. And then when I moved to California, and then I was in, in, in a relationship where I was engaged, I remember I had this really fancy 
well, I tried to make it fancy, this party. And I went all out with all these different appetizers and all these different... And what ended up happening is I ended up like, I ended up getting too drunk and I didn't make the shrimp and the shrimp ended up going to waste. So I was like, okay, let me, let me not do that again. But then for my engagement party, I ended up putting together, like grilling the entire time. I mean, I barely got to to see people and to hang out with people. So my goal with a Memorial Day party was just like stuff I can, it's really simple, um, that I don't have to cook. And, and I still totally forgot to cook the corn, you know? So I just get into party mode and I, so literally like the next day I had 30 ears of corn left over with all this prepared garlic butter and all this cheese and cilantro I had chopped up. So I did actually boil it and I ate as many pieces as I could stuff down my throat, (laughs) but a lot of it ended up going to waste. Half the meat didn't get cooked. I mean, so, so, so much stuff got wasted. It's, I mean, it, it was ridiculous. So that was, that was, that's leading up to this conversation where like this couple didn't feel that way. Like they just, they had people over, they didn't have anything prepared. Um, I mean, her husband had been like smoking the pork butt out on the grill, but you know, they were very casual about it. They put together a simple salad, simple watermelon bowl, but Andrea is like me. She's freaking out in her head. So she said two other groups came and she, but she was the only one who was like stressed. You know, she was so nervous and she said, and she's like, and you know what? She's like, it was fine. She goes, they had the watermelon cubes. She's she's like, but the entire night though, I was stressing out about how many watermelon cubes were left. (laughs) And, you know, she, and she said, but it was, it went fine. She's like, everybody had enough. She said they had two trays of meat. They put out a loaf of potato bread. She said they had a lovely salad. She's like, all the kids got a popsicle at the end of the night. She's like, they had a gorgeous home. She's like, it was perfect. It was lovely. She goes, no one's stressed. Everybody enjoyed themselves. Everybody had plenty. She goes, I would have been like, we need a caterer. We need to plan this a month ahead. How are we going to, you know, we need three desserts for the children. And she's like, but here's Susie, you know, cool as a cucumber, so chill. And Andrea's like, I would have had to have this and this and this because she's so neurotic. And um, and, and then Taylor like totally related to this. Now, Taylor talked about how she went to this wedding in Maine. That's where I'm from. And, um, and, sh- and I know this about Maine, but she's like, you know, they got to the place where they, they were having the wedding, but it was on this lake. And so it's like Sebago Lake, which is this beautiful, beautiful lake. I used to spend my summers there um, as a kid. They have the section of the beach where on this lake where you dig in the sand and you end up finding clay and you could build all these clay statues. It's the coolest thing. But anyway, it's, it's out kind of in the boondocks. I mean, you know, you've got like maybe a, a little convenience store like miles away, but it's not, 
you know, it's not the city. It's not a place where you can walk a couple blocks and have, you know, dinner and supermarkets and all the stuff that you need, like right at your beck and call. <clears throat> so when she got there, she's like, I need snacks now. Like, like I, I need to prepare. And she's like, the, the food in the airport was trash. She's like, I wasn't feeling well. She's like, so she got there and she was like famished. And then realizing that there's like nothing around and starting to freak out about that. And I'm the same way. Like if I don't have food, if I don't have like my stuff around me, I, I start to panic, especially when it comes to having enough food around. So she started freaking out. She's like, there's no Ubers. So she ends up getting in touch with one of her friends that's on their way. And she's like, okay, so stop and pick up this and this and this. So they end up br picking some stuff up, but she's like, all they brought went by the time they got there was a one bottle of Tito's two bottles of Prosecco, one bottle of red wine. And she's like, I was like, this is not enough. And, and, and Taylor likes to drink. Like she's definitely like a big drinker. Um, and she, you know, and, and she said she had like this Italian friend there that was like, oh yeah, like we definitely need more. But, but her Italian friend was like, okay, we need a lot of stuff, but we also don't want to waste it. And so they ended up going to the store again, but, and Taylor spent like $200. She spent, she bought like five bottles of red wine. She's like, her friend was like, don't buy five bottles of wine. She's like, we have one more night here. She's like, what do you want to pack bottles of wine in your, to, in your like carry on or whatever, or your, or your luggage bag? She's like, don't, you're, it's just going to go to waste. And she's like, um, so she, but she's like, no, we, we definitely need to have this. And she ended up, so of course, like they couldn't finish it because she, the way, the way she was thinking, she's like, it's a main wedding. She's like, we'll probably, you know, after hours, like after the wedding, we'll be hanging out in cabins. We'll be down by the lake. She's like, people will be smoking their joints. I'll be drinking my wine. People will want to share my wine. So she just pictured this after party where there'd be a lot of like chill like wine drinking well what ended up happening is they ended up having the after party was like a rave she said and so she it was like it wasn't a good place to like sip on a nice glass of red wine it was like more like you know bread bowl and like vodka you know or spritzes or something like that so um so she ended up totally like all that stuff went to waste she ended up giving like four bottles of the wine to the to the bride and groom she said that she had one bottle of white left and she said fuck this she's like this morning she's like i am drinking this bottle of wine she's like i don't care if i'm hammered in front of your family she's like this bottle i am drinking and so literally at like 10 a.m in the morning she's like walking around the lake drinking white wine I hear her, her wife's mom was like, what is that? She's like, it's white wine. Would you like some? And she's like, it's 1030 in the morning. And she's like, yeah. She's like, she's like, I got white girl wine wasted. And, um, I just thought that was hilarious. But, but that was the thing is she like, she felt like this pressure to finish the wine. She's like, everybody needs to drink wine now, you know, and it's because, you know, she needed extra to make sure she had enough, but then the thought of waste, it sucks. It, it really does suck. And it's that, that, that both sides, it's like this, you know, as, as both of them were kind of commiserating about their like, you know, mental illness over making sure that there is 
enough when there always has been plenty. Like what their friends actually picked up, she probably could have gotten one more bottle of wine, maybe two, and been completely fine. But she got five, right? Or five or six. So so I totally relate to that. I'm more on the food side with that stuff. Um, but, you know, I, but I also want to make sure there's enough alcohol too. So, um, so anyway, so, so they were definitely talking about, uh, that and about how Andrea was talking about how she, she related to the wine thing because her and Justin had gone to this other wedding and they had been gifted this beautiful bottle of wine. The hotel gave them a bottle of wine. And the people that had gifted them the this like whispering angel, which is a beautiful bottle of rosé. I love that wine. Um, they had made a mistake. So they actually got two. So all of a sudden they have these three bottles of wine to drink in this weekend. She's like, do you know how much time I spent thinking about how we were going to consume these three bottles of wine so that it didn't get wasted? And, and, you know, they also ended up giving them away, but the, the, the amount of stress, you know, I do that with like food to, to like, I always take a to-go box. I mean, even when it's like slightly embarrassing, um, I will get my food to go, even if I'm like sick full and I know I'm not going to probably be able to even stuff one more morsel of food into my mouth. I bring the to-go box because I need to know what's there. I need to know it's there in case I puff on my weed pen at night and need that bite of food, or I just need a little something in the morning, or... Now, I hate it when that goes to waste, but I am glad that I brought it. And there's nothing more heartbreaking than packing up your to-go box and then forgetting it at the restaurant. So that also happened to me recently. I went to get my favorite fried chicken sandwich. I'd waited all day for the sandwich. Now, I could have finished this whole chicken sandwich at the restaurant. I could have. I could have. But I decided I wanted to save half of it for home. So I saved the perfect amount of fries to put my air fryer later. The perfect portion of the sandwich is probably like a quarter. I even separated the roll and separated the pickles so they wouldn't get too soggy. I mean... I made this to-go box, like I, I was like performing surgery on this to-go box to make sure that when I got home, this food would be still delicious and perfect for me when I wanted it. And I knew I wanted it. And I could, again, I could have eaten it there. And what did I do? I walked out without that damn to-go box. It was, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> anyway, um, so, so yeah, so they kind of, they talked about this you know, and, and, and what is this? Like, I, I do think that some of it, so here's, here's a hypothesis and this, I'm pulling this one out of my ass, but I don't know if any of you heard about this research study and I'm speaking, this is like, I, I read this, I read about this research study years ago. So I, I might be slightly off, but what I remember from hearing about this research study is they took mice that had been like traumatized, like they tortured these poor mice. And then the offspring of the mice, so they they had babies, those babies had babies, and like the grandchildren, they did a similar test where they put them in similar conditions as their grandparents were in. And they found that the DNA, that stress DNA had passed on to those to those like little baby mice. And so the question is, 
is food anxiety passed down through our DNA? Because maybe that's why, like, like I know my grandparents, you know, went through the depression and then talk about that. I think that that's why I'm so frugal is I saw my Nana, you know, going to yard sales and, you know, picking up dandelions out of the woods to make like a dandelion salad and, um, you know, asking the McDonald's parking lot people if she could pick their dandelions and, you know, and, you know, she'd get all of our stuff at Goodwill and, you know, and she just made use out of everything. I think because she grew up in the depression and didn't have enough food and probably stressed about food. And I don't know. I wonder if that's passed down in my DNA. And I like, you should see the small amounts of food I save. Like sometimes my boyfriend will be like, are you seriously saving that? I'm like, I will eat that. Like, that's not going to go to waste. And, um, and my sister's the exact opposite. Like she's, she's not a, a, a saver and she's not, I don't know. So it's, it's interesting, but my hypothesis with like, like Andrea, I mean, you know, probably somewhere down her line, maybe her Jewish ancestors, you know, whether they were in concentration camps uh, through, uh, you know, Nazi concentration camps and, and, you know, suffered uh, without food during that time or who knows. I mean, again, I don't know whether that's true or not and, and whether there was real efficacy to that trial, but I don't know. I think it kind of makes sense. But that could be totally false. That is just a very, like, very stupid, probably, hypothesis. But I wonder about that. Like, where does this food anxiety... Because I really never went went without food. I know I have financial uh, insecurity because I saw my mom struggle financially. And, and that really, you know, just seeing her cry, you know, in the bathtub when I was a young child has always made me fear that, you know, uh, for financial security. Um, but we never, you know, we never went hungry. We never ha- didn't have enough. I mean, there was times that I might not have had enough money to pay for lunch. And, you know, I had to buy something that maybe wasn't super nutritious or, you know, I, I would buy whatever I could afford at the time. Um, but, you know, I never, I never went without food. I was never someone that had food insecurity, like, like there are some people, of course, in our society today that really do have that food insecurity and children that go without lunches. And it's, it's, it's really sad. Um, this is obviously food insecurity that is not coming from real need. It's like this, just this mental thing. And, you know, Taylor's talked about it, how she gets weird around, like, if there's a pizza, like, who's having that last slice of pizza? Who's, is there going to be enough slices of pizza for everybody? And she talked about how, like, she's like, no, totally. She's like, you know, I got home from this trip. She's like, and then it was Memorial Day weekend. She goes, and and so I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta get the arugula and I gotta get the chicken. And then if I want to get the lobster roll, I gotta get the frozen French fries that go with it. And then if I get deli meat, I, if, 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 if I gotta get the, the cheese with the meat. And she's like, but why? She's like, why am I doing that? She's like, she's like the week work week starts tomorrow. She's like, and I've got to get back on my healthy track then. So why am I buying all this food just to waste it? So, and I don't know whether she would actually throw stuff away that next day. I mean, I've done that when I've wanted to like, if I've overindulged in like a cake and there's some cake left over, I might throw that away on Monday or it might just lead me to have like a not 
healthy start to the week. But some of that is diet culture, right? Like some of that is this panic that you need to fit all this indulgent food in by 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 Sunday night because Monday your diet starts again and you need to like be strict and be healthy and and restrict delicious food. So I think some of that definitely comes from that that cycling of diet culture and weight loss and and you know dieting and getting back on track and falling off track. Some of it is that for sure because I, I know that I know that I still have a little bit of that mentality and I and I don't think that that's the best way to live right because the diet doesn't always start on Monday you know like then that's how weight weight gain happens right because you feel like you have to fit everything into this short period of time and you can't have it that concept of not being able to have it uh, makes us panic and makes us feel like we need to stuff it all in now because we're not going to be able to have it and that's really where that like intuitive eating movement came from you know not labeling foods good or bad just knowing that you can have anything you want at any time um, so I, I do get the point of that I, I really do and I see the damage that this type of of, of eating patterns creates uh, but you know, I guess I, I don't know the solution for it. And I, and I don't know that if I, because I, I don't feel like I, I mean, I prefer to eat less indulgently during my work week too, but, um, but it's not like I feel like, oh my God, I just can't have that. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I do think that some of this food anxiety ties into that. I do think maybe some of it's in our DNA and maybe some of it's just neurotic, you know, being neurotic and feeling like this, this, I think some of it might be people pleasing a little bit, right? Like this, this idea that we need to impress other people. Like we don't want people to think that we're cheap or we don't want people to think that we're skimping out or that we don't know how to host a good party, or that we are not providing for our guests. I think some of it is that. And, you know, having come from a family that was in the restaurant industry and, you know, wanting to feed people, um, you know, they talked about how, you know, Taylor talked about how her sister-in-law, she's like, they have a huge breakfast and they'll eat lunch and they'll have, they'll put bagels out and all the stuff. She's like, but they don't plan out a dinner. She's like, and I need a dinner on a Sunday night. And so she starts kind of getting into that panic mode when she stays with her sister and brother-in-law because she's like, they don't eat the same way and I'm going to have to go without if I'm around them. So, and I totally get that too. Like if I'm staying with somebody and I don't like, I don't want to be like walking back and forth to the kitchen all the time. I make sure I bring jugs of water to keep in my room with me. I make sure I bring snacks to have in my room with me because again, I, I also feel that sense of panic if I don't have enough food around. It's, it's, it's an interesting, um, mental process that, that we go through. Um, but yeah, so, so, you know, Taylor talked about how, you know, she, she does think overall that it's, it's worse to stress about wasting. It's, it's worse to stress about not having enough than, than being wasteful because she goes through this constantly. She always ends up wasting some of it 
but she, but she would rather have it than not have it. And I, and I can relate to that. So Andrea was like, unless I know I'm going to somebody who's Italian, she's like, so it is, it's, it's, it is a little bit of a Jewish Italian thing for sure, where she knows if she's going to an Italian's place, they're probably going to provide a lot of food. Um, you know, like Andrea would never have to worry if she's coming over to my house. Like she's going to get fed. I will have all the accoutrements. I will have all of the, all of the things for her. And so, um, so I don't know. I just, I thought it was funny if, I do recommend you go and listen to the Taylor Strucker show. Uh, it is on Patreon. Um, but if you want the free show, she's on uh, Taste of Taylor. So you can uh, get that wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Andrea is not on her uh, free show. She's on her Patreon show. But um, but you can follow her on Instagram. And she is, you know, she's clever. She's witty. She's funny. So go check it out. It's at Andy Labs. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that was the, the topic for today. I, you know, I'm, it's, it's a topic that I'm fascinated with. If anybody has any thoughts on this, if you are not Jewish or Italian, but you feel this way, please DM me, let me know. I know it's not just Jewish Italian people that feel this way or, or, or do these things. Um, but I do think there is something cultural that, that happens with, are two groups that is very similar. Uh, and I don't know what it is, but, um, but I, but it, but it is, I love hearing other people talk about it. And I really would love to hear Andrea and Taylor, like talk about this topic. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started taking notes when I was listening to their podcast. Cause I'm like, this is a fascinating topic. I need to break this down. Um, so anyway, so that's the show for today. Um, I will, I, I know it's, said that I would be doing one of those Max Vongart shows. He's, I've tried to listen to a few of them and I'm telling you, this guy's very annoying to me for some reason. I don't know what it is about him that irritates me, but it's hard to get through one of his podcasts. So we'll see. I'm not, not making any promises, but uh, I will do another uh, Wait Wednesday with Jenny Hutt and uh, I've got some interesting DSTs to listen to. So more great content coming up. Um, please uh, follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Uh, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.